From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Uh, Happy to have a little Alberta Junior Hockey League talk on the program tonight. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, we will cover the North and the South tonight. And why not? Let's start in the South. Happy to welcome Tyler King to the show. Tyler, play-by-play guy for the Brooks Bandit. Also host the AJHL podcast, which can be found on uh, Apple iTunes. Uh, Tyler, anywhere else we can find that? Uh, Basically all your regular podcast services, your Google Plays, and then all the rest of them. Oh, it's an awesome podcast for any of you who haven't heard it as well. Uh, Tyler, let's start at the top. Usually we'd be starting with uh, your team in Brooks, but a little bit of shift in power this year. So uh, we'll start off talking about the Okotoks Oilers. Uh, you've seen them a couple times this year. What's your thoughts? Well, uh, thanks, first of all, for having me. Thanks as well for pointing out right off the top that my team isn't as good as it was last year. <laughs> great, great way to hey, start. When, when you're, good, when you're, when you're as the best team in the AJ for about four or five years... You can take a step back into second place, Tom. That's a very good way of looking at it. I agree. Not the way people in Brooks tend to look at it, but absolutely a definitely good way of looking at it. The advantage Okotoks has had, I'll be quite honest with you, is honestly their roster stability. I mean, they came into this year with perhaps the, the most consistent roster in terms of players who not only had been in the league for two-plus years, but had been Okotoks Oilers for two-plus years. The advantage, they then took advantage of that by not making too many moves. If you look at their roster right now, it is very, very similar to what they had back in late September mid-October, those times when teams are usually uh, moving players in and out and making a lot of moves. So okay. Okotoks didn't make big moves at the trade deadline. They've got the best goaltender, one of the best goaltenders in all of Canada, quite frankly, in the form of Riley Morris. And it's really no surprise they're doing as well as they have. The big surprise, though, is that they went 6-0 and against the Brooks Bandits in the regular season series. And that's the thing too, right, Tyler, when, especially in junior A, if you can bring back a team that, you know, that's familiar with each other, you know, they're, they're bound to do well. And, and you say the goaltending has been, has been outstanding, which is always a key at any level of junior hockey. So, you know, that makes, uh, that makes complete sense to see uh, Okotoks doing as well as they are. I do want to ask you a Calgary kid from, uh, uh, who's playing for Okotoks, uh, Carter Huber, you know, he's leading the team in points. Uh, wh- what has he done for that team this year? Yeah, scored in very important situations. <laughs> that's that's a thing for him. Honestly, quite honestly, there's a lot of players you'll see when you look at scoring leaders in the AJHL, and you'll see, oh, this guy's got a ton of goals or a ton of assists. And then you delve deeper into the stats, and you see, oh, he had seven points against the last place team and then maybe one or two points in six games against first place team. Carter Huber's not one of those players and he's an example of exactly what I talked about right off the top. A guy who's been in that organization for three consecutive years has improved every year he's been there has never known any other junior A jersey and now in his final year of junior eligibility had you know was going out with a bang and here's the other thing too though he does lead them in scoring but he's only got 48 points in 45 games. It's not like he's a one and a half point a game guy. That shows you that the Oilers haven't had to rely on their top scoring guys all that much to the extent where if a guy like Carter Huber or a guy like Austin Wong, of course, it has a lot of attention on him. If yep. they have an off night, as rare as that is, there's tons of other players on that roster who can fill in really quick. It's like you saw my paper. I, that's a, a perfect segue into Austin Wong. He's, he's from Cochrane, committed to Harvard, 18-year-old player, and he did pretty good at the World Junior A Challenge, didn't he, uh, Tyler? 
Yeah, and at the uh, CJHL Prospects game, he was uh, uh, just a guy who's continued to draw more and more attention as the season's gone on. And he was a guy who drew a lot of attention last year as well in his rookie season, but the difference was it was more for his physical play. And he's 5'10", 176, but plays like he's 6'5", 320 out there sometimes. The difference is this year he's been doing less of that for a couple of reasons. A, because he's developed significantly more skill to his game, and B, because it's hard to hit players on other teams when your team has the puck for 80% of the game. So he obviously had to adapt to the fact his team was such a good possession squad. And as a result, he's got himself, you know, 19 goals, 19 assists. And that's probably going to become much better as he gets into the final uh, few games of the season here. And that's uh, got Okotoks uh, sitting in first place with 76 points in the South. Now let's move on. Let's move on to the Brooks Bandits coming off what is uh, been an, uh, what had to have been an unbelievable year for you and the team. Uh, sitting in second, uh, you know, not... Uh, not out of the reach of uh, Okotoks by any chance, you know, nine points still, still make up a bowl if Okotoks goes on a little bit of a slide, but what are you seeing from, uh, from your team this year that, uh, you know, has them of course playing so well again? Well, it was a, it's a team that just is, is run so well that they were bound to be able to replace some of the big pieces they were losing. The Bandits for the last few years, honestly, have been victims of their own success in yeah. that they're so good at getting their players NCAA Division One scholarships. I mean, they got nine of them already on this year's uh, squad, and that leads the AJHL by far. I don't think anyone else has more than three or four. And so they have a lot of players leaving before they play their 20-year-old year. Now, Okotoks doesn't have that issue. In the case of Brooks, they lose a guy like Cale McCarr. I mean, he had two more years of junior eligibility. Exactly, he's right. Not gonna, he's not going to play junior, though. He's an NHL first-round <laughs> yeah. But there's other guys there, too. The guy like John Josh McKechnie was probably the best center in the AJHL last year. He leaves early to go to Colgate because he's ready to play college hockey. So they got to fill in those uh, holes in the lineup. And they do it with a guy like Dennis Sasana, who's a second-year defenseman, who's kind of filled the void left by Kale McCarr. But as those players come up, now you've got to fill holes left where you had such great rookies last year. I mean, they had a guy in Oliver Chow who was the rookie of the year. He played one year and then went to NCAA hockey a year early. So they had to find a lot of new pieces to try to create uh, a solution to that puzzle again and just frankly it took them a bit longer than it usually does but right now they're putting together some of their best hockey ever since the new year they went to the christmas break on a real big high and there's a lot of reason to believe it's going to be some real entertaining playoffs in the south not just because brooks and okotoks both have good rosters but because the division is as deep as it's been in years I wanted to ask you about Sasana. He's uh, 40, or sorry, uh, excuse me, 55 points in 45 games. Uh, he's an import. You know, how well has he fell, uh, filled that void that uh, was left by Kale McCarr last year? Well, I'll give you one precise example of that. He's on pace. He's only seven assists away from breaking Kale McCarr's team record. He's Unbelievable. got 15 games left to play. Seven assists left. He'll break Kale McCarr's team record for assists by a defenseman. He won't break the record for points. Well, actually, he could, but he would have to go on a real tear to do that. Yeah. But it's not necessarily something people expected. I mean, the thing with Dennis Sasano was he was so good last year, but he was overshadowed in almost every category. So he might have been the second-best defenseman in the AJHL last year, but he played on a team with Kale McCarr. So yeah. he wasn't even the best defenseman on his team. He may have been the second-best rookie in the AJHL last year, but he played on a team with Oliver Chow. He wasn't even the best rookie necessarily <laughs> on his team. So because of the success of the band, it's the depth of the squad. If Dennis Asana played on a different team in the AJHL, he probably would have had a lot more attention going into this year. So people in Brooks, I don't think, are surprised that he took it to the next level. He was named the team captain. Uh, he's going to Michigan State uh, next year. Again, a guy the Bandits are going to lose early to college hockey. Doesn't surprise the coaching staff in Brooks, but I think for a lot of people who might not have seen him, because of how star-studded the Bandits were last year, it may have come as a bit more of a surprise. And you, and you mentioned earlier how 
how deep the division is this year. And, and you look at the standings, you know, we have the two Calgary teams uh, sitting with 43 points, uh, sitting fourth and fifth in division. Talk to me a little bit about the Mustangs, uh, Tyler. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a tough place to play in Calgary. Uh, you don't get a lot of uh, a fan support, but uh, the teams are hanging in there and doing well, and they're looking pretty respectable to start uh, or, or getting near the end of the season here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the, the Calgary Mustangs, they have just benefited from a bit of stability. They've got, you know, a local guy in Tyler Drader has been their head coach now for his first full year this yep. season, and he's been able to actually shape the roster really well. Uh, the issue is, you know, if you have a general manager of a team who keeps creating the same types of teams, you're going to get the same types of results. And it wasn't until the Mustangs finally said, we need a completely new way of looking at things, that they've been able to turn things around. It's yep. not that hard to bring yourself back up to respectability. It's hard to become Okotoks or Brooks. That takes several years but the mustangs are definitely on the right path they've had some very good goaltending to start off the year that's taken a bit of a slide as of late yep. I mean, when both your goalies have save percentages above 920 that's bound to regress a bit as the season goes on mm-hmm. but you look for example their leading scorer is a guy named joseph carpation who he played for a few other ajhl teams but was playing junior b last year yeah and they found him and found that he's able he's got another year of junior eligibility left too he's able to be an almost point a game guy in the AJHL, so it's just really smart work by them. Canucks as well, the unfortunate thing for them, they would have had a much better year if not for the silliness that happened midway through the season. Yeah, yeah, with uh, the head coaching, got- correct? Exactly right. Yeah, they brought in a very well-regarded head coach who was, I think, doing a sensational job with a roster that their general manager had not given them a lot of tools to work with. Uh, by doing, uh, eventually, midway through the year, they decide to blame their very temporary struggles. It was after one bad North Road trip that they get rid of the head coach in his first year. I mean, a real knee-jerk reaction. It wasn't until a few weeks after that that the overall organization realizes mm, that's not really where the issues were. They finally gotten rid of their general manager and now, I think, have potential to really develop into something much better now that they'll have some good personnel uh, in charge of creating that roster going forward. Well, and it's so important, right, to, at this level that you have to be so tight organizationally. And, and you look at Okotoks and Brooks, and they're just prime examples of how teams can be successful when you're that tight organizationally. It's it's a great thing to see the two Calgary teams, you know, starting to come around and finding that organizational mix. And uh, you can only hope, you know, being in Calgary here, uh, you know, for myself, that those two teams can continue to build on their responsibility respectability and uh and make a good push in the playoffs uh, do you think they have a, a legitimate shot at winning a round or two Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the great thing about the South and the depth that's being shot off right now is that whoever the four versus five matchup is in the South Division, we don't really know what it's going to be, but you're not going to be able to yeah. put any solid money on either side. Not that I think anyone's, you know, running betting rings on AJHL playoffs <laughs> like that. If they are, they can they can give me a call. Find my number two. Exactly right. I think we look back at the regular season series and, and you know, the Calgary Mustangs, they shut out the Brooks Bandits at one point in the regular season this year. And the Bandits have not been shut out by anybody in three plus years which is uh, amazing Canucks, i mean exactly right the canucks they've gone into brooks and won a game there i mean it used to be barely anybody would go into brooks and ever get one point let alone two so what they've shown and they've shown it against other teams in the division two is that you can't take a night off in the ahl south and that's what's going to make these playoffs so much more entertaining when we had a, a set of playoffs a couple of years ago where the favorites won every round and they swept yeah, i remember every that round. There's, there's only one series that went more than the minimum number of games it wasn't fun to watch i would be utterly shocked if we had anything similar to that this year and that's what's going to make that postseason so much more fun. Well, that's always it's always good, right? It's always good when you get a nice deep division. Uh, you, you don't know who's going to win. Uh, Okotoks and Brooks, obviously the heavy favorites looking at the standings. But like you say, if, if teams are that deep, it's... Uh, 
it's going to make for a good playoffs and, and obviously not something we saw a few years ago. Uh, finally, let's touch on Drumheller. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of sitting in between uh, the Canucks and Mustangs, the, the Bandits and the Oilers. You know, what do they have to do to, you know, stay away from, uh, you know, the Canucks and Mustangs and, and move up and, you know, get closer to the, the Bandits and the Oilers? Well, they're going to need better goaltending. That's that's been the biggest thing that's let them down this year because Drumheller went into the year with, with one of the most loaded rosters because they did something smart last year. They sold at the trade deadline, got rid of some of their older players in exchange for uh, players that the teams they traded with would owe them for this season. And so they ended up with a lot of, of very good young up-and-coming players. They weren't overloaded with 20-year-olds or anything like that. They still aren't. They still have a good base to move into next year with because they don't have too many 19-year-old players because, of course, you can only have six 20s going yep. up the year after that. The issue for them, though, I mean, they had an all-rookie goaltender come back who hasn't quite lived up to his stats from the pro. And it's just been the inconsistency, I think, on the defensive side that's prevented Drummeller from doing better. Now, the thing is, they've got some of the best, you know, top-line forwards in the AJHL. They've got some of the better defensemen, but the depth hasn't really shone through for Drumheller in the same way that Okotoks and Brooks has. Okotoks and Brooks are both teams where if the big guns aren't firing, I mentioned that right off the top, yep. there are other players that can fill that void for Drumheller. They're going to need some of their younger players to show off an ability to do that if they're going to be able to pull off some upsets down the stretch. Because the only other team we haven't talked about, the Camaros Kodiaks, the, the team that used to be a perennial contender in the AJHL. They look like they're down at the bottom of the standings yeah. right now, but they've got 11 overtime or shootout losses this year, which is utterly wow. insane. It's, it's, it's running up towards the AJHL record for that. If you flip that coin the other way a few more times, you know, they're a 25-plus win team. Yeah, so it completely sudden, changes whoever, things. Exactly. Whoever might draw cameras in the opening round, they may have a real tough test on their hand. Tyler? Couldn't have asked you for more tonight. You did a great job, uh, as per usual, as you always do. I thank you so much for, uh, for joining me tonight. No problem. Anytime.